everyone, and welcome to the podcast She Met Online, the only podcast dedicated to the Lifetime movies we love to hate. I'm your host, Laura Franzese, and today I am joined by a very special guest, Nina Noir. Hello. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, when you said it was Lifetime movies, I was like, sign me up. <laughs> right. <laughs> amazing. And so we made the time to do it. So you have a lot of fun projects. You are the lead singer in a Queen cover band, all-female. Yes. yes. We are the world's only all-female tribute to Queen called The Killer Queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been an awesome project to be a part of. Uh, we've been doing it for six, almost seven years now. It's my my project. I've been running it for the whole time. And, and we've gotten to do some really amazing gigs and stuff, uh, things that I never thought we would do, like getting to perform at the Colossal Clusterfest with Comedy Central here in San Francisco, Yeah. with the stars of Broad City, uh, doing a 25th anniversary to Wayne's World, Nice. and we actually got to perform with uh, Tia Carrera, who came out on stage as Cassandra. Yes, and Tia Carrera, her band in Wayne's World was Crucial Taunt. Yes. Yes. I hear they will. They definitely do. (laughs) Sweet. Do you have, how can people find you and your band? Everywhere. If you're on Instagram, it's The Killer Queens. If you're on YouTube, it's The Killer Queens Rock. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for us online, it's thekillerqueens.com. Right. (laughs) Facebook, The Killer Queens. You know, pretty much if you just search The Killer Queens or Female Queen Tribute, you will find us. Since we are the only one in the world. Nice. And there is a new Freddie Mercury movie coming out. Yes, called Bohemian Rhapsody. That comes out in the States in November and in the UK in October. Yeah. Yes. I'm very excited to see it. That should be rad. Mm-hmm. Today we watched the 2016 thriller. Sure, yes. Yeah. Thriller slash slasher film. <laughs> Slash Ten- mystery. It was a mystery. Oh, it was suspenseful, yeah. <laughs> um, it was called Ten Year Reunion. Mm-hmm. That's actually really fitting because you and I uh, did theater in high school together. Yes. We can lie. We can say that was ten years ago. Yeah, it was totally ten years ago. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Ten, yeah. ten years ago. Not any more than that. Nope. Definitely not. <laughs> so, it was a good, it was a good uh, movie pick. Yeah, you sound very convincing with that review. <laughs> um, so I'm just thankful, one, that we got to reconnect, and two, that we got to watch this 93-minute long, and boy, did it feel that way. Um, I thought it was more like two hours, but just, you know. We did take a break, which was helpful. I needed a break. All right. So, let's give the very succinct recap of 10-Year Reunion. Okay. As short as possible. It is a story of five best friends who are horrible people. (laughs) Who are very, very mean and catty towards each other. Just not good people. I don't (laughs) think any of them are actually friends beyond a service level. (laughs) Uh, They are about to graduate from high school at Harmony, ooh, Harmony, and Mm -hmm. they create a secret box time capsule. With their confessions, their deepest, darkest secrets. Right. And they they hide it, and then 
Abby, who's one of the five friends, dies at a high school party before graduation of what we think is alcohol poisoning. Mm -hmm. And then everyone comes back for the reunion, and it's just mystery with no music, (laughs) thrilling with no real good dialogue. Mm -hmm. Or bad guy, really. And no bad guy. (laughs) Yeah. And then you find out that, find out Patty is a killer. Patty killed Abby. And Patty killed Erica. And Patty killed Rose. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Well, we watch Lifetime movies, so you don't have to. So there. I got it. (laughs) We watch Lifetime movies, so you don't have to. So... So they, they made a pact saying that at their 10-year reunion, they would open the box and look through all of the um, confessions. But uh, Abby, being no longer with them, um, made it so that they didn't really want to open the box, but maybe they did, and they weren't really sure. And then they found a CD, or a DVD, I guess, of Abby saying, all of you wanted me dead, and I don't think I'm here. Which, was none of this was believable. Um, <laughs> it's a Lifetime movie. <laughs> they don't really tie anything up at the end. Like, the police don't come. It's just mm. Carly and Shane make out while Shane probably bleeds out from a gunshot wound to yes. the chest. Inflicted by Patty, who went on a homicidal maniac rage at the very end of the movie. Right. And okay. then Carly kills Patty, so... Everybody dies. It's like a Shakespearean play. <laughs> right. Without, <laughs> without the, the intelligence. <laughs> without the dialogue or the exposition or anything, really. Okay, so that is the shortest synopsis that we could provide. <laughs> yes. Let's jump into everything. You took notes. I took notes. The movie opens, and there's just... The hint of what we will get throughout the whole movie, which is just maybe a guy in a dark windowless room, chain-smoking cigarettes with, like, um, a MIDI keyboard (laughs) composing. Yes. And he has no friends. (laughs) And he's like, oh, they're in high school. Beep, boop, boop, boop. (laughs) Oh, it's suspenseful strings. (laughs) Dark sort of bum bum, bum bum. Yeah, it was like Jaws, but less. But way worse. But way less John Williams. Do you think that that guy composes for all of the Lifetime films? If he's just like on salary, and they're like, "Here's another one for you, bro. Like, give us something. Give us something good." And he's like, "I could have been somebody." Yeah, he's probably in a cabin in the woods somewhere. Oh, you know, with a giant beard, just like all the way down to his belly button. But that's in right now. That's oh, hot. you're right. You're right. Yeah, but I'm not one of those people who find that hot. Right. <laughs> I go, either. can you shave the beard? I don't really want to. What do you look like for real? <laughs> right, I want to see your actual face. Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Will I recognize you with the beard gone? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> okay, so the movie opens, and we're looking at the high school five girls. And they say, swear on the capsule that will return. Cuddle hug swear. Cuddle hug swear. (laughs) Cuddle hug. Come 
comes up in this movie more often than I want it to. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and then they cuddle hug. <gasps> it was just... The writing... It wasn't even like a teenager wrote it, because the teenager wouldn't have written cuddle hugs no that, that was it was written by some dude named Jack who also decided to direct it it was <laughs> it was his writing and directing debut I, I could tell yeah <laughs> God. Abby dies at the party she died like seven minutes in and super dramatic insane crying over her dead body as she's died within 30 seconds of yeah. drinking alcohol she's convulsing and then they were like Abby's dead <laughs> So, then, the thing that really pissed me off is, throughout the whole movie, even though it's ten years later, Carly is the only one who's sad that Abby died, and everyone else is like, Abby died, get over it, (laughs) get over yourself. Why are you bringing up the past? It's done. (laughs) It's so sad. Stop talking about sad things. (laughs) I mean, in their defense, they were like, you know, cheers to seeing each other again. It's been so great. And they're like, yeah, but we're not all here together, are we, guys? <laughs> like, Abby's dead. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, she was a Debbie Downer. But also, if she hadn't seen them in ten years, you're allowed to mourn Yes. the untimely death of your friend. You know who didn't seem, like, sad about it at all? Was Abby's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Who we meet later. Who's just on Xanax the entire, like, scene. <laughs> oh, it's, where are the other girls? Oh, you had lovely sleepovers. We buried her in that necklace. Do you want to check out the farmhouse? <laughs> so lovely seeing you again. <laughs> like, it just... One thing that was missing in this movie was a landline, but it was 2016. So they all go back to the 10-year reunion. Let's talk about Patty's makeover. <laughs> so Patty is seen in the first in the first opening scene of wearing these uh, frames that are basically just plastic frames with no glasses in them no glasses. whatsoever. <laughs> but she's supposed to be the nerdy girl that they all, like jokingly tease about being so nerdy. They called her Ratty Patty. Oh, we found that out at the end. We found that out at the end. How dare Rose, who, wait, what's the line? (laughs) Who could make anything popular. If you wore a thong as a necklace, it would have become a thing, (laughs) says Patty to Rose. Yeah. I would like to wear a thong as a necklace and see if that catches on. We wore bra straps as headbands. I wore bra straps as a necklace. Yeah, or a choker. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was the... You're right, we were just one step away from thongs as a necklace. We can't... Those who live in bra choker houses can't throw thongs. That's the same. That was my quote in my high school yearbook. That and Abby's a giant bee. <laughs> Sorry she died. I hated her. <laughs> bad. So Patty has a glow up. She's like, I got LASIK. I corrected 
my glasses. I took down my ponytail. <laughs> now I'm gorgeous. And now I'm a lawyer and I'm successful making lots of money so I can compete with all you rich biatches that I went to high school with. I will say everyone in that town was loaded. Beyond loaded. Like, also, why are they going to their parents' houses? <laughs> and where are their parents? Right, the entire time they're all staying at Patty's or Rose's parents' house, and Rose's parents are nowhere to be found the entire time. It's very odd. And it's like a huge house, but they, they never even be like, oh yeah, my parents are so happy to be hosting us. Or they're in Italy for two months. Isn't that so nice? We get to have their estate to ourselves. Yeah, but the gardener's still going to be here to creep us out. Don't worry. <laughs> There's a looming gardener throughout pretty much the entire movie that just appears for no reason with dark strings and... And dark bass in the background. And it's it's almost a horror film. They, like, do a couple of they moments... They tried to make it a horror film. Where you're like, oh, I was almost surprised by that moment. I almost was scared, but sadly, no. It took us a very long time to actually discover what their names were. We spent most of, at least the first 35 minutes going, who, who's what? The, who, what are we... We knew, we knew <laughs> Abby was dead. That was the name that we knew the most, was Abby, and then... We finally found out the rest of their names, so I made I made comments as to who they were. So we had, yes, we had Curious Carly. Yes. Because she was the one that was, like, adamant about figuring out what happened and finding the box and knowing what happened to her friend. And, and then we had, we had, can I cuss? Yes, of okay. course. <laughs> we had Bitchy Rose. She was quite bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had... <sighs> so Erica was dating a congressman. Mm-hmm. No, like, she was married to a congressman. She lives in D.C., she didn't have, despite the fact that everyone was awful, she also didn't have her own agency. Like, mm. she was like, my husband needs me to go be at this congressional dinner. And it's like, no, you're going to your high school reunion. You tell him no. And, and she's like, stay. I can't. Because I can't have children. And we were like, wait, what does that have to do with anything? And then she starts crying about not having children. And then we find out at the end, she can't have children because she had a botched abortion. Which, I just want to say, safe and legal access to abortions, especially for teenagers, is so crucial. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how much I can say that enough, but it's like, abortions are legal. It's okay to have one. And I feel like Lifetime always has that, like, how can we further the plot? Oh, I know, like, an abortion mishap or, like, something painful. It's also 2016, and how frequently are there really going to be mishaps? in the medical field in that way. Like, this isn't, you know, 1945. It's not Dirty Dancing. Yeah, right? Where they're like, oh, she had an accident. She's in trouble. (laughs) Can you help her, Doc? That was the first time I learned about, like, unsafe medical abortions, was watching the movie Dirty Dancing. Mm Mm-hmm. And Dirty Dancing, for the reference, the writer of it, it was written and set after Roe v. Wade. Oh, but she put it in there as, like, a reminder of... How it once was. Why it's so important. Yeah. I feel like we need another Dirty Dancing, and not Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Like, 
Havana, ooh, na, na. Have you seen it? No, I don't want to know about this. What? Have you seen Dirty Dancing Havana Nights? No. It's the Dirty Dancing remake that they do in Havana. It's With the same cast? Different people. Different people. Okay. Mm, I mean, if you ever wanted to watch it, <laughs> watch it again. <laughs> okay, we're going way off track. Sorry. No, it's my fault. Oh, I didn't finish all of my names that I named for everybody. We, we had Nerdy we, Patty. Yeah, we had to get to... We were at Bitchy Rose. Uh-huh. And then and then Shaggy Shane. Yes. He was quite shaggy. And then I couldn't come up with much for uh, the police officer, Chase, who was married to Rose. But then when it revealed that he had cheated on Rose, I was like, ah, Cheater Chase. Cheater Chase. <laughs> cheater Chase. Chase tried to sexily eat a strawberry, and it really, it really pushed all my buttons in the wrong way, and I don't know why. And he was quite beautiful. He just really did not do that well. <laughs> you stop there. He's trying to eat that sexily, and it no, did not work. It did not work. So what are the first twists, if we can call it that, is that... Abby didn't die of alcohol poisoning. Right. She died of a drug overdose because they were all doing ecstasy. Right. Scandalous. And, and they called it Molly, which I don't think you I don't think it was called Molly. They said both. They said ecstasy and they called it Molly. And those are two very different drugs. Right. Although they are similar. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on, Jake, writer, director. <laughs> For on. the record, ecstasy is the one that is mixed with other things, and that was the whole thing that they were trying to say, was that the ecstasy was mixed with something else, and that that's what killed her, because it didn't react well with the alcohol. And then they said Molly. Molly is just strictly MDMA. It is supposed to be the purest of the form. Yeah, Molly's pure MDMA. Just so you guys know. Now you know. The more you know. And my friend told me. I don't actually know firsthand. That was... Oh, yeah, I learned cause of that Miley Cyrus song. There you go. <laughs> blame it on Miley. <laughs> I figure I can blame my haircut on Miley. I can, I can do a lot of things. So, Rose is dead. We're at Rose's parents' house. Mm, still baffling. Rose's dad made a new coroner report because of shame. And not wanting to get in trouble. He didn't want them to get in trouble for doing drugs um, on their property. It was bad enough that there was underage drinking, let alone drug use. So he changes the report to protect themselves. And then he keeps that original coroner's report in a file marked coroner's report in his office in an unlocked drawer. That curious Carly finds in the middle of the night and discovers the truth. Right. And then the beekeeper gardener steals it and burns it. And it's like, you would have burned that forever ago. (laughs) Why would you even keep that around? (laughs) Like, I shred credit card offer letters. Why would you keep the falsified coroner's report? Like, oh yeah, remember when we remember when we lied about the way your remember high school we, friend died? When we broke the law? Yeah, we broke the law, here's the only evidence. It was the best. I'm gonna keep this in my house. For safekeeping. 
you know, for memories. Um, what, I mean, this is a question for you. So they wrote down all of their demons, like their deepest, darkest secrets. What were your demons in high school? I was singing opera behind everyone's back. That was pretty much my, like, deepest, darkest secret at the time. Yeah, Because you couldn't get into college without singing opera to study singing, so I was like, I don't want anyone to know I'm doing this. Yeah, my deepest, darkest secret was I started smoking marijuana. Mmm. And then I thought I had the most perfect cover. <laughs> because every time I did, my parents would be like, what did you do? And I'd be like, oh, I went to Laura's house. We watched Yellow Submarine. <laughs> 750 times. <laughs> the next day, oh, what did you do? Oh, we went to Amy's and we watched Yellow Submarine. That's amazing. But you think, like, you know, when you're 17. You're also high. Yeah. <laughs> That's code for weed. <laughs> it's <not> Yellow even... <laughs> submarine. It's not even a good code. It's so obvious. I remember one time my eyes were so red and I was so stoned and I was like bumping into things in my kitchen trying to eat whatever I could find. And my mom goes, Your eyes are really red. And I was like, Oh, I'm just really tired. And she was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, do people's eyes actually get that red when you're tired? I don't think so. <laughs> Not when you're that young. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fun times. But their deep, dark demons were like, I want to kill this person. I cheated on I my had boyfriend. Abortion. With my best friend's boyfriend. <laughs> and... And also, if they're 28, what are they doing that they all have that much time and money for outfits? Right. Well, they came from wealth, so they probably are just, like, trust fund babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. They all look like they had run several marathons in the last month and a half. <laughs> Very fit women. <laughs> Rose had guns. She mm-hmm. was tiny. You could snap her like a toothpick, but yep. she had some. She had, she had Madonna arms. <laughs> unlike, unlike Patty, who actually had a gun. <laughs> yes. Who uh, she stole from uh, Cheater Chase. Right. Who became who, a police officer. Who disappeared. He just stopped showing up. Especially yeah. when the police were needed. <laughs> when, like, Patty has a gun and is starting to go around killing everybody. And then my favorite part of the entire movie is chasing... Patty is chasing Rose and Carly, and they jump into the car, and Patty just wildly is shooting at the car, and somehow the car catches on fire. Yep, and then the car explodes. (gasps) Killing Rose, who was trapped inside because she couldn't get her seatbelt off. But Carly escapes unscathed. I know we're jumping ahead to the end, but since we're in that sort of last ten-minute fight scene, there was... At one point, a gun versus gardening shears, mm-hmm. and then the gun ran out of bullets, so it was a shovel versus gardening shears. It was a battle of gardening tools in most of the movie. Yeah. Because at one point, Carly was attacked by the beekeeping gardener right. in the barn at Abby's mother's house, and she goes, and he came after me with a garden claw, all traumatized. Yes. 
And right before that attack happens, when they're in Abby's family barn, which is not a very respectful way to keep your dead daughter's stuff. Right. Out in the, in the barn in the back. Carly says, all I see are a bunch of sharp objects. <laughs> all that's down here is a bunch of sharp objects, alluding to what we assume will then be a fight with sharp objects. Hmm. And then she kisses Shane. That's actually... She kisses Shane outside the farm. I believe Shane kissed Carly. Right. All as smooth as he could. And then she was like, what are we doing? You are Abby's boyfriend ten years ago. (laughs) I can't kiss you. It wouldn't be fair to Abby, who is now dead. (laughs) Just... And then he was like... I made a decision to kiss you. <laughs> and it's also like, you just finished talking to Abby's mom, who, while she was not distraught, was like, go dig up her stuff. <laughs> and he's like, this is the moment I've been waiting for. Digging through dead girl stuff gets them hot and bothered. <laughs> I mean, I've never done it, so I don't know. Maybe that's... Mm. A lid for everything. You know, this is how you can uh, spark some new romance in uh, you and your hubby. <laughs> go go dig up some some stuff from some other person that you might know is dead. Do you know what I mean? This isn't working. <laughs> I know some dead people. Okay, good. They're very bad conversationalists. <laughs> mm. We already talked about the song necklace. Mm-hmm. Erica is dead. So, yes, Erica gets killed after she finds the box by the beekeeper. Yep. And then they th- you think that Carly is digging up Erica at some point, and she hits something heavy, and it's like, oh, no. And then she pulls up the box, and Rose goes, well, at least it wasn't Erica. Yeah. I wrote that down, too. <laughs> that killed me. Well, it actually killed Erica. Uh, it did. It did kill Yes. And Erica was then found in the well, <laughs> directly next to where the box was, was discovered. The box was dug up. The other thing we haven't talked about, Nina, is so ridiculous. So, the whole plot exposition relies on this time capsule and the clues for each of the four girls. Mm-hmm. And those clues have been hidden for a decade and they are like neatly placed in the garden or undisturbed. <laughs> well, she went on a scavenger hunt. Right. So Abby tells them all, oh, you'll find the clues, but first we're going to make it interesting. So you're going to do a scavenger hunt. And the scavenger hunt notes were like untouched, perfectly... Like, no dust, no, no dirt. nothing, no. But they were hanging out in a tree in the backyard for ten years, where it never rained. There's no snow. <laughs> the Obvious- gardener didn't notice it. Obviously, they have a gardener because they have the gardener garb. <laughs> the gardener garb. <laughs> it's just. Mhm. Mhm. There's a certain suspension of disbelief, but even. Well, my my favorite was when Carly went to go visit Abby's grave. And the tombstone just says in large, <laughs> capitalized letters, Abby. Abby. 
No last name. No from this date to this day was she alive. Nothing. No, like, loving daughter. <laughs> Just four very large block letters stating Abby. Abby. <laughs> I'm so glad we found Abby's grave. <laughs> that alone is a reason to watch this movie. That is the only reason to watch this movie. Is <laughs> <laughs> to find... Well, that and the... Shears versus Shovel. Yes, that scene was brilliant. I'm surprised they did not win an award because the way in which Patty dies Mm -hmm. is, you know, she smacks the shears away from Carly and Carly's like, oh no, now I'm dead. And somehow the shears land perfectly Perfectly. in the lawn with the the shears ends up. (laughs) And... Carly gets the shovel away from Patty and then hits her with it and she falls onto the shears, impaling herself. And then you get a perfectly lit, even though it's dark outside, close-up on her face while she coughs up blood. More, more like lets it just drool out of her mouth because it's probably one of those little pills that you have to put in your mouth and then you crack open and just... Yeah, but she was very beautiful in that moment. I was like, wow, your makeup looks so nice as you're bleeding out of the mouth. Yeah, maybe you should see if that does it for you. (laughs) Date night ideas with Laura. (laughs) So Rose exploded in the car. Erica was bludgeoned with a shovel. And then buried in a well. And then buried in the well. And Patty was impaled on some gardening shears. Chase was shot in the chest. Not Chase. Shane. Shane. <laughs> Chase was nowhere to be seen. Chase just disappeared at this point. He was, he was let go from the movie. They didn't want to continue to pay him. They decided, you know what, we don't need you for the last half an hour. <laughs> I think the last time we see him is when he's eating the sexy strawberries. Yes! <laughs> And I think everyone on set was like, especially craft services, was like, we can't handle this. He needs to eat strawberries somewhere else. And then he probably be let go. threw his script down and said, I'm going to sexily eat any fruit that I want. <laughs> this is sexist. <laughs> Cuddle hug, I'm out. <laughs> so... We and that's that's the movie. Mm, yes, yeah, that's the movie. It ends with um, Shane, uh, who has been shot in the chest, who should be dying, somehow sitting up again, looking at the last note, last confession that happens to be Carly's, about how she just wanted to get out of that town and do her photography full time. She had like the least dramatic confession of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they make out, and, like, the cops don't come. There's no resolution. No, that's just the end. The song that plays at the end, I saw... You You took notes on it. I don't know what it was. Because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I'm pretty sure that it was the guy who made the entire soundtrack going, I got a great idea for the end song. Yeah. <laughs> and here it is. Casio keyboard again. Dark, mysterious music. Heavily auto-tuned, angsty vocals. So auto-tuned. Singing about how revenge is so sweet. <laughs> but, like, no one gets revenge. Nobody got revenge. 
Everybody died. <laughs> they thought this through really well, all the way to the end. They really had it planned out. They knew okay. what they were doing. So we end each episode with a Jerry Springer style final thoughts. I will go first. My final thoughts are this. If you're going to write a movie, give yourself more than an hour. I feel like... Did you ever do play in a day? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So play in a day for those non-theater folks is where you have 12 hours to write a play and then 12 hours to uh, rehearse and prop and set it and then... You know, so it starts at 7 p.m. and the writers write until 7 a.m. And then from 7 a.m. until 7 p.m. everything comes together on the performance side. And then 7 p.m. one day later you have uh, a fully staged play. Mm-hmm. And I even feel like that has more time put into than this script. That was my final thought. My final thought is this script felt like it was written in an hour. <laughs> and it was an hour and a half long movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are that the way in which they depicted the friendships between the four women, uh, five women, five, <laughs> makes me never want to have girls as friends ever in my entire life. I'm like, if this is what it's really all about, this is the model that we're supposed to mirror our girl friendships over, I just... I would rather be alone. <laughs> uh, that's a great final thought. I would say <laughs> that was a male's version of what female friendship is. That and makes me sad. He's just like, oh yeah, they look pretty. And, and they hate on each other and constantly. And they hate each other. <gasps> and they have abortions. These uh, backhanded compliments and sometimes just straightforward assholeness. Was, was amazing. I was like, how are these girls even friends? Like, if my friend turned to me and said that comment, I would be like, yep, yeah, we're done hanging out. They're like, oh, didn't you want to do something with your life? Yeah. How's that going? Aren't you the only one who stayed in this town forever and did nothing? <laughs> I would have buried that dress in this box, too, to never be thought again. It's like, oh, my God. This is, you guys are so mean. Yeah, it was awful. It was a terrible movie, and I'm glad that we experienced it together i am so happy that you do this podcast and (laughs) i anytime you want someone to join you i'm game wonderful well (laughs) until next time i'm laura franzisi and i'm nina noir and this is the podcast she met online